Hello, I'm Dr. Jay Greenspan. Childhood arthritis, also known as JIA, can be a debilitating disease which affects individuals under the age of 16. It is estimated that JIA affects over a quarter million children and teens, making it one of the most common childhood diseases in the United States. In this pediatric chat, we'll talk with the mother of a child with JIA to gain some insights on how they cope with this disease and what resources exist for children with arthritis. As always, for our discussion, I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Paul Rosen. Hello, Paul. Hello, Jay. And hi, Tiffany. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on Pediatric Chat. So tell us a little bit about Ava's story. About two months before her eighth birthday, it was an unseasonably warm day, and I can remember we were outside for most of the day, and my daughter was running around, riding her bike, doing cartwheel after cartwheel. She didn't stop all day. She didn't have a care in the world. Little did I know our lives were about to change and my daughter's life was about to change. Later on that night, I woke up. My daughter was screaming for me, crying, doubled over in pain. She was holding her left knee, rocking back and forth, crying that she was in a lot of pain. Mm. It was evident that her knee was swollen. She could not straighten it all the way and she had trouble walking. I thought for sure, she's outside running around. She pulled something. Maybe she tore a ligament, who knows? The next morning, called the pediatrician, we went in for an examination. The doctor did a panel of blood work. She tested her for Lyme disease, as well as a bacterial infection, and also ran an ANA test on her. A couple days later, I got a call back from the pediatrician. She went over the blood work with me. She explained to me that she was in fact negative for Lyme disease, negative for a bacterial infection, However, she did have a positive ANA. She said that the symptoms that Ava was displaying was probably juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Mm. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. My daughter's seven years old. How can a seven-year-old have arthritis? And she said, well, in fact, a lot of kids have arthritis. And I pushed back with her. I said, look, we have a lot of knee issues in our family. I really think she pulled something when she was playing outside or even when she did gymnastics the day before. And the pediatrician said, I've already contacted Nemours on your behalf. I really think you should consider doing a consult. Again, I pushed back and I said, no, I want to see an orthopedist. I also want to have an x-ray performed. We had an x-ray performed. Her bone came back completely intact. There was no torn cartilage or ligaments. However, there was swelling evident with her knee. At this point, Ava was experiencing a lot of pain. Her symptoms weren't going away and she was very frustrated. She really couldn't do much of anything. So against the train of thought that I had, I did break down and I called Nemours, even though I still was not convinced that Ava had an arthritic issue. And this is how our journey with Dr. Rosen began. Well, that's quite a story. So you visited Dr. Rosen. Mm -hmm. What we look for in terms of arthritis are joint pain and stiffness. So when a child's in the car for a long period of time, or when they wake up in the morning, are they stiff in their joints? And then on the checkup, we look to see if any of the joints are swollen or have a limitation of motion. Those are all the signs of arthritis. So if we hear about stiffness and see swelling in the joints, then that's basically arthritis. Are x-rays helpful? Early on, you know, if there's a lot of fluid in the knee, the x-ray may pick that up. But x-rays are a better test to look at the bones. A better test to look inside the joint would be an MRI, and that looks at the soft tissues. But if we do the checkup and we could see on the checkup the joint is swollen, 
that kind of gives us the answer. So on your first visit, what did you think? Well, we were told that in order for it to be true arthritis, it was a six-week waiting period to see if the symptoms subsided. And at this point, I was extremely shocked, very overwhelmed, very scared that this was even a possibility that my daughter could have this condition. And at the six-week mark, Ava's symptoms, they weren't getting better. They were actually getting worse. Mm. We came in for an exam, and I mentioned to Dr. Rosen that she started complaining about her left big toe and her left big thumb. Dr. Rosen proceeded to do an exam on her. He slowly turned to me, he looked into my eyes, and he gently said, your daughter is polyarticular. And I immediately said, what does that mean? And he said, well, it means that she has arthritis in more than four joints, and now we're going to need to discuss other treatment options. Mm. I just remember my eyes swelled up with tears, And on the inside, my heart just broke into a million pieces, and I just was beginning to melt down. And I knew at that moment that my daughter did, in fact, have JIA. I had to accept it, and I had to find the right coping skills to help my daughter, to help her overcome this condition. She still had arthritis in the left side, in her left knee, but it now spread to both ankle joints in her right ankle. And there was also suspicion that it was in the left side of her jaw. And the only way to rule that out was to get an MRI. Mm-hmm. So did Ava have an MRI? She did, on the left side of her jaw. The jaw, Dr. Rosen had explained to me, is very suspicious, and it's a little tricky. Symptoms can come and go. It was confirmed mm-hmm. that it actually had been there for a while. So what's going on, Paul? What, what is JIA? It's arthritis in children, and it's, it's an autoimmune disease where the child's immune system, a part of it is overactive, and it starts attacking the joints and causes arthritis. It's typically the larger joints, so a swollen knee or a swollen ankle. But then with the polyarticular form, that could get more into the small joints. So that's the fingers or the jaw. It's not from something you eat, or it's not directly inherited from the mother or the father, but it's multiple genetic predispositions that we don't really understand all of them. We do diagnose a lot of children who are actually age one or age two, Mm. and of course the family's shocked to hear their two-year-old has arthritis, but what their parents will notice is the child starts limping, or they may may notice the child has a swollen knee, and then when we do the checkup, we confirm arthritis. Wow. So these are not to be ignored symptoms. That's right. I mean, any time a child has either pain or limp, you're, you're watching it and it's not improving, then, then it's time to see the doctor. And juvenile arthritis is different than adults who have rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. So in the adult world, if you have rheumatoid arthritis as an adult, you pretty much are going to have it going forward. And most adults have a positive blood test called a rheumatoid factor. In children, it's different because, number one, if you do have arthritis as a child, there's a chance in going to remission as you get older. And number two, most children with juvenile arthritis have a negative blood test for rheumatoid factor. Mm. So when we're making the diagnosis, we don't really rely on the blood work. We rely more on if the child has arthritis that doesn't go away and it lasts past six weeks, as Tiffany said, then we make the diagnosis at that time. Some children may have one joint or a couple, and then and then if they have several joints, and especially if the small joints are involved, then there might be a lower chance of, the, of it going into remission. But it's an autoimmune disease and it's treatable. And we use anti-inflammatories, so that would be sort of like your ibuprofen or your naproxen. But in terms of the goal of treatment, it's really to get rid of the, in, the swelling in the joints so that the joints don't get damaged. 
and that the cartilage does not get damaged. And we have these medications that treat the arthritis and prevent the joints from being damaged. And what happens if a child doesn't receive treatment? If the arthritis kind of goes on for months and it's not treated, then what you can get into is loss of cartilage and then joint damage and then permanent damage situations. So that's really the goal of treatment is to prevent all that so that the kids can play their sports and have a healthy life. And then also, for reasons we don't clearly understand, when the immune system is attacking the joints, it could also attack the back of the eye. So we send the children to the eye doctor to get checkups to make sure there's no inflammation in the eye. And sometimes kids can have what's called uveitis, inflammation in the eye, and they have no symptoms. And if it's left untreated, they could actually lose vision. So mm. we're very careful about um, sending children to the eye doctor for regular checkups. And, you know, lots of kids obviously have painful joints. I, I, I would be in the same boat as you, Tiffany, where, you know, just shake it off. When should a parent come to you? When is it not growing pains? When is it not an injury? It's pretty common for kids to have joint pain or muscle pain when they're playing sports and doing gymnastics. But if, if they're having pain and it's not going away after a couple of days and it's just persistent, then you definitely want to see your doctor and get it checked out. Mm -hmm. How do you best coach parents as to who to see? Right. So when a child comes in with a musculoskeletal complaint, they usually start with a pediatrician. Mm -hmm. And certainly if, like Tiffany was thinking, if there's an injury or there's a short amount of pain, a child will usually end up with an orthopedist looking for a bone problem, a ligament problem. But if there's joint swelling and it's not going away, then they may up with a pediatric rheumatologist pediatric rheumatologists as you are. Are there enough of you guys out there for this? There's about 300 of us in North America. Actually, there's about a dozen states that don't have a pediatric rheumatologist. Unfortunately, some families find themselves waiting to see a pediatric rheumatologist. I know here at Nemours, we're really focused on getting patients in quickly, and we've got to figure that out for the rest of the country as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. So Tiffany was shocked, it sounds like, as I am when her pediatrician said that lots of kids have arthritis. Do lots of kids have arthritis? So juvenile arthritis is uncommon, but we do have 300,000 children in the country mm -hmm. as an estimate with juvenile arthritis. To give you an idea of just how uncommon it is, my daughter is in a school district where there's 5,042 kids, and Ava is one of one other child that I mm. know of that has juvenile idiopathic arthritis. And when Ava first was displaying symptoms of arthritis and came home and said, nobody else has this in my school, and I said, oh, come on, Ava, other kids have this. I immediately contacted the student nurse, and she told me that Ava was the first child she had seen in 16 years, mm. and Ava's condition was actually more debilitating. Wow. As a mother, that was very overwhelming, and then I proceeded to talk to the guidance counselor, and the guidance counselor informed me that she had not seen any children come through until Ava, and she only knew of a childhood friend. I even have tons of friends that are teachers, and I thought, for sure, somebody knows somebody, and much to my dismay, no one did. So, Tiffany, it sounds like you probably did some research. I did tons of research. <laughs> Tell me about that a little bit. Literally the day that our pediatrician even mentioned this was a possibility, I, of course, got right online. I started surfing the Internet all the time. And I'll be honest, I found it to be rather overwhelming. It was hard to decipher what was factual versus what was not factual. There were conflicting findings, which I found very frustrating. Ava at that point was in a lot of pain. It was spreading and I needed factual information and I needed it fast. I did refer to sites such as the Arthritis Foundation, which I found helpful. But for the most part, if I had a question, I would field them to Dr. Rosen. 
And there was a pediatrician in my office that I really hold a lot of respect for. And at this time, she knew I was really struggling. I had a lot of questions. I never heard of it before. I knew nothing about it. I had no idea what it meant for us, for our daughter, for our family long term. I was extremely, extremely overwhelmed. She said, what I can tell you, if you prepare yourself that this is going to get worse before it gets better, you'll cope better and you'll handle the situation Mm. better. And that was probably one of the best pieces of advice that I've gotten through this journey. And she also told me that each day I have a decision. I can wake up and I can either try to make the best of the day and make the best of the situation for Ava and encourage her or we can sit and feel sorry and be sad and be upset. And she said, if you try to be as positive as possible and make the best of each day, it will have an impact. And I did that and I could start to see a change in Ava. I think she was beginning to deal Mm. and to cope with her condition a little bit better once I also started changing my outlook on the situation. It sounds like you guys had some struggles, but you've worked through it. We definitely struggled as a family overall. It affected everybody. Everybody was readjusting. So we were all trying to find our new norm. Our family was thrown something that we never even knew existed, never heard of. And especially for Ava, Ava really struggled. When she would go to school, she couldn't do anything besides sit at her desk. Couldn't partake in any outside recess. She couldn't do gym class. She loved gymnastics, and she literally had to stop without any warning. She couldn't ride her bike. She couldn't run, skip, hop. So she struggled because she just wanted to be like every other child out there. And I think that it was difficult managing her pain. What I think was even more challenging was managing how it was affecting her emotionally. She cried a lot. She was frustrated a lot. She would take her anger and frustration out on me a lot because it was safe and I was her mom and she could. And I'm glad actually she did because she needed to talk about it and release it and get upset and get angry. And she did a lot. Honestly, I can truly say that when your child is diagnosed with a condition, you just do the absolute positive best that you can and hope that you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging and you second guess yourself a lot. I've had to strike a balance with my daughter, and I had to strike it very quickly. I had to encourage her and push her along with finding how to not push too hard. So it's a very delicate dance that I do with her all of the time. And it's, it isn't always easy. Yeah. I have a very strong-willed daughter that's very determined and very independent. So when her condition happened and the onset of her symptoms came out, her world changed and was turned upside down. So many restrictions. And I think even as an adult, that's challenging. But as a seven-year-old, I think it's even more challenging Mm -hmm. and harder to digest. Mm -hmm. You know, what we don't often think about at Children's Hospital is how chronic disease impacts the parents, the family. So what did you do when you found out she had this? I'll be honest with you, I was in a lot of denial when this first happened. I also started to have a lot of depression and anxiety. I was having trouble sleeping. I had trouble coping overall with what was taking place with my daughter. And I even went through a very long period where I was blaming myself. As soon as I made the decision to let my guard down and trust in Dr. Rosen what he was telling us to do and not offer resistance, 
we would start to see the results that we needed. And I'll be honest with you, that's probably one of the best moves that I made in this journey. Because once I let my guard down and let Dr. Rosen do what he needed to and steer us in the right direction, the outcome was amazing. How is Ava doing today? Ava is now nine. And I am so happy to say that she's doing absolutely positively amazing. We have so much hope at this point for her. She's on weekly shots of Embril that I administer to her. And with the Embril, we've been able to watch our daughter resume to her normal baseline of activity, mm. which has been incredible. After she started Embril, within 12 hours, she tried to run for the first time in three months. Mm-hmm. From a parent's standpoint, I can't even put that into words what that was like. I was afraid my daughter was never going to run again. It was just uplifting. I could start to see a complete transformation in our daughter. And to date, she doesn't have one single physical restriction, which is incredible. And I don't think you can really ask anything more than that than remission. And we have a 25% chance that she will, in fact, go into remission. So we're hopeful. I mean, there are times that Ava is still very embarrassed by her condition, and she doesn't want to talk about it, and she doesn't want people to know about it. Recently, she's even been giving me some opposition with doing her injections. She doesn't like doing them. I'm not the best needle giver in the world. And basically, I explained to her, this is something we have to do. And I try to give her choices. There's a lot of things that are out of her control and that she doesn't have the ability to to decide. What I try to do for her is give her options. I'll say to her, all right, you don't want to take your needle today. We have to do it. But do you want to do it before homework? Do you want to do it after homework? Do you want to do it before you play Wii or after you play Wii? I give her choices so that she feels that she has some sense of control. I try to encourage her and we talk things out a lot and I try to keep the lines of communication open and explain to her that yes, you do have this condition, but it doesn't define you. It doesn't determine what your capabilities are in life or what you have the potential to achieve. It's just a part of you. Everyone always says that parents are supposed to be the teachers of their children, but in all actuality, children really teach us. And in this process, my daughter has taught us so much about strength and determination and resilience and perseverance. And she continues to teach me every day. She's an inspiration to me to see what she's It's really through. hard to do a chat when we have a mom like try to bring you to tears, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Next one. <but. laughs> okay, so, uh, so I'll pull it together to ask, what are the supports that we offer for families in the community and the schools? Are there supports out there for kids like Ava and parents like Tiffany? Well, Tiffany mentioned the Arthritis Foundation, which is a great resource, and they help raise money for research, and they have family supports. And the Moors, we have our own social work department, which is helpful, and then also through the schools, guidance counselors. So there's a lot of different ways to get support. Her school was extremely supportive between the teachers, the guidance counselor, the school nurse. Everybody really wrapped their arms around us and gave us a nice support blanket. So we were very fortunate. And even just family and friends overall, we were very lucky. On the global picture, there's 200,000 kids out there, not in your school. No. But they're out there. So are are you involved with helping to cure this disease? Yes, actually, it was really exciting. Dr. Rosen asked if Ava could be honored by the Arthritis Foundation for the Bone Bash last October. And it was an amazing experience. It was quite an honor. And I think even more so for my daughter, it was such an honor. It was such a confidence booster because we were able to get up and share our whole journey with a room full of people Mm. and what we experienced. 
and what Ava went through and how she coped with her condition and how she basically went from not being able to do much of anything and once she was able to be put on Ambrel, was a normal kid again. Mm. She was running around the whole room all night, which was exciting. So if someone wants to help cure this disease, where do they go? The Arthritis Foundation, which has been wonderful. And actually, we're going to be doing the Walk for a Cure with Dr. Rosen in May. Oh, that's great. Because we've been raising money, which is really exciting. My daughter's ecstatic. And we have so much hope at this point. This has been an amazing chat, Tiffany. Thanks to Ava. Thank her for us. We've learned so much about your strength and Ava's and this disease that we didn't know about before and, and the impact on all of us when kids have disease. We're learning a lot about it. So thanks so much for teaching us and thanks so much for being here, for both of you. Thank you thank so you, much for having me. It means a lot. Thank you. To our listeners, if there's another topic you'd like us to explore in a future pediatric chat, You can send it to us by using the question portal on our webpage. And be sure to view our library for more pediatric chat programs. I'm Dr. Jay Greenspan, and thanks for listening.